Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about how to stand out in the top 2% of your industry. This is such an important topic, especially if you're looking to stand out and land those jobs out there, those jobs that you're desiring, those top jobs out there. So today I brought on Diana YK Chan with over 15 years of corporate and entrepreneurial experience. Diana is a former recruiter turned executive career coach, speaker and trainer at My Marketability. Fun fact, she was recently named a LinkedIn top voice for job searching and careers for 2022. Having worked with over 1,000 diverse clients globally at all levels, Diana helps ambitious professionals, leaders, and executives design the next chapter of their life, navigate transformational career changes, and land incredible opportunities with a higher income at top companies including tech, consulting, financial services, CPG, pharmaceutical, and many more. Diana is an expert at distinguishing people's unique brand value, mastering their messages, and communicating with confidence to gain a competitive edge. JobScan also named her one of the top 10 job search experts to follow on LinkedIn. She's been featured on Forbes, LinkedIn News, and HuffPost. So as you can see, Diana is the person for this episode, and we're really going to dive into how to stand out as the top 2% within your industry. So let's launch right into it with our 256th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Diana, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so delighted to be here. I am so stoked that you came on. And I just think today's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll kick right into it because I think the listeners want to know about what it means to be the top 2% of their respective industries. I love that you put this on your website. This is something that you help your clients with. So let's open up with a question. Why is it important as a job seeker to stand out as the top of my industry? What's what's going on there? Yeah, such a great question. So just to give you some context and background, I was a recruiter at Google many years ago, and I also recruited for a top MBA school. So one of my tasks was really to recruit for like the top 2% of the candidates in the market. And so that really gave me deep insights on what it really takes to stand out, given the fact that I have seen like millions of LinkedIn profiles reviewed over like 20,000 resumes. So a few things, what it really means to stand out is number one, is that you want to showcase that you're a high performer with high potential. The reason why you want to be a high performer is that it's also going to show that you have potential to be a top talent there. A few things what you want to demonstrate is number one is showcasing that you're a leader. This means that you are proactive, taking initiative. Number two is that you want to showcase that you have really contributed to the organization. This means that you want to showcase your impact, your accomplishments, and your results. And then lastly, you want to showcase that you can influence others to take action. So this is all around relationship building and influence there. And this is really important to job seekers because when you are seen as high performer, high potential, you have yeah. greater marketability, which means you also have a higher earning potential as well. That is such a fabulous opener. And I think that's great. First of all, your name, my marketability, because it's so true. We need to market ourselves as job seekers. And it's not just about throwing everything on your resume and tossing it out there in the, the black hole, so to speak, and expecting good things to happen from it. You really need to learn how to market yourself. No matter how awesome you are, no matter what value you really have as a professional, I think at least for me, learning how to market yourself is a different game. So 
in your experience as a recruiter, can you tell us just some examples or stories you may have about people in the past learning how to market themselves and being able to make such improvements? Yeah, that's such a great question, right? Because the market is competitive, even though right now it's considered mm-hmm. a candidate's market. I still say that it's a very competitive market. So one of the things I always talk about with my clients is what can you do to stand out? What can you do to really differentiate? And I always talk about when you are willing to go the extra mile, you're going to get the extra edge because it's not crowded there. So a few things is number one is really having that great LinkedIn profile as that's going to help you perceive as high potential talent. And it's also going to help you get found. Number two is really around building that strong network. I have found time and time again from my experience as a recruiter and as a coach now is if you really want yeah. to accelerate your job search success or your career advancement, you have to build a strong network to influence. So I'll give you an example. Okay. Back when I was at Google, this was even a decade ago now, and I still remember to this story, someone that I met through a university stayed in touch with me on LinkedIn. And when I was a recruiter there, he was in a sales role, another top tech company. He reached out to me. I didn't have anything for him at that time because we weren't really recruiting in that space yet, but he stayed in touch mm-hmm. with me. And when there was that right role opened, I reached out back to him because he stayed in touch and I was able to bring him in into the interview process and ultimately get him hired there. And the big part of that is really nurturing that relationship so that you are top of yeah. mind. Another great story around this was, I mean, during that time, I've talked to a lot of people, but I had to reject a lot of people as well. I had to reject a lot of more junior candidates at that time when I was not necessarily recruiting for account managers or account uh, coordinator roles. Those who consistently stayed in touch with me on either a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, were top of mind. So by the end of the year, when there were more openings at that level, those people who stayed in touch with with me were the ones who I reached out first because I remember them. And this goes to show the importance of networking and relationship building. I love the phrase, and you've said it before. I don't think it's ever been said on the podcast, but top of mind, this is something that I have to learn, you know, when I'm, you know, marketing my resume service, just to make sure that people are thinking about me whenever they, they're ready to order a resume service. And I think it works the same for job seekers. Anyone who wants to accomplish anything is you need to be top of mind. And so these types of things that we're going to be going into today. I think are going to be able to help job seekers to get in that mindset and to be top of mind. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. You just reminded me, and I would love to share this formula with the audience here is how to yeah. stand out to get more opportunities. So this is a formula I've been teaching the last several years. Number one is to increase your markability. So this is all about your personal brand, your marketing messaging around like your resume, your LinkedIn, your elevator pitch, mm-hmm. your cover letter. That's the marketability piece. And the number two is to increase your visibility, which is a piece around staying top of mind, which is the networking, relationship building, staying active on LinkedIn, right? Number three is the credibility. So this is around your reputation of what you're known for being seen as a high performer with high potential talent so that people can refer you and endorse you for opportunities. Number four is likability. So this is all about the soft skills, building trust, building rapport, having great communication skills, great relationship skills. When you work on these four areas, guarantee you're going to get a lot more opportunities. That's awesome. Thank you so much for laying that out. And I know a question I'll have for you later is just about the likability. I think that's something that people don't think about much. They're like, why do I need to be likable? Something you're into is rapport building and and stuff like that. So I'll have a question for you later. I guess to play devil's advocate for this whole episode, in your mind, is there anyone who wouldn't benefit from the message of being the top 2% of the market? 
I mean, why would I want to be top 2% if A, we're in a job seekers market right now, heard that time and time again recently, and, and B, like, do I really need to be that good? Is there really anyone who would not benefit from this message? That's a great question. I mean, to be honest, it's not easy, right, to be that top 2% or top 5% in the market. If it was easy, there's going to be more of that there, right? I would say this really benefit for those who are, are ambitious, who are driven, who are goal-oriented, who take action, who really have this drive where you really want to reach higher, reach your full potential, or raise your standards. I mean, it may not be beneficial for you if you feel like, you know, you don't want to do the work, right? I always say nothing's going to work <laughs> if you don't do the work. So everything I'm going to guide you yeah. here is you're going to have to do the work in order to reach that next level in your career and life there. I love it. Just clarifying and just speaking to the right audience here. This is the Career Warrior podcast. So hopefully over the years, we've attracted career warriors, those really ambitious professionals. But if you're listening to this episode, you really came to the right place. Diana's going to unpack some really great stuff here. Just because you mentioned the, the Warrior podcast here, I have to tell you a little secret is that about a decade ago, I attended a Warrior boot camp. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life in terms of physically intensive activity where I was like fighting for my life. And I came back with this really warrior mindset and attitude. It was all about taking massive action, reaching higher, yeah. having higher standards in life. So I just have this fire in me as well. Like I'm a two-time firewalker. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. We actually, our seventh episode, we had like someone with the same mindset. He actually leads firewalk talks, but all of it really goes together, like the physical, the mental, the spiritual. So you really have to be a warrior, I think, to go through some of these obstacles as a job seeker, yeah. like the rejection and trying to meet your standards sometimes. So the mentality is so important. And I'm glad you brought it up, Diana. So I know you're big into personal branding and networking. And I know we kind of touched upon a little bit with your framework. So let's bring in some of these things about personal branding for our top performers who are looking to rise to the top. So let's start with personal brand. How can I use the concept of personal brand to make sure I stand out as a top performer? Mm -hmm. Great question. So first of all, personal branding is really who you are, what you're known for, and what value you bring to the table. I really believe when you get clear on your brand and when you elevate your brand, you really have the opportunity to advance your career and increase your earning potential. And I have seen this a lot with my clients. When we really work on mm -hmm. the brand, their outcome in terms of their earnings increase by five to six figures more. So that is really important. So in terms of how to use a concept to stand out as a top performer, number one is really getting clear on like, what is your area of expertise? Like, what are you really known for? And this is, you can do this by really understanding your knowledge, skills, and experience. So really getting clear on that. Like, what are you really okay. known for in terms of your area of expertise? Number two is really having that strong track record of success. So this is where you're really getting clear on you know, in terms of your performance, your accomplishments and your results, this is really giving that tangible proof, right? This, the reason why this ties into branding is that when you have these, like what I call like evidence of support, it's going to help yeah. you build these tangible stories and facts to tell others, to make you stand out as a high potential talent there. So if it, once you have these expertise and track record of success clear, it's going to really help you what I call it connecting the dots, connecting the dots of how you want to tell your story, your personal brand story. Yeah. That's going to really resonate with the hiring managers and recruiters there. OK, and I want to pause for a second to talk about getting clarity on your knowledge and skills and expertise, because, you know, quite recently in my own life, I found out that I'm not so good at being organized. That's one thing that I feel like I have room to improve on. But I am fairly good at being able to connect with others on an empathetic level and to communicate a message. 
so my first question is, I guess, what do I do with my strengths versus my weaknesses? And the second thing is, what if I just have no clue what I'm good at or, or strong at? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you're not sure what you're strong at, a few things you can do. Number one mm-hmm. is you can survey your friends, your colleagues, or people who know you. Send them out a survey. I love asking my clients to do this. Is send out a survey and ask them, what words would they use to describe you? What are you really good at? What value do you bring? What's your communication style or what's your leadership style? So really get a sense of how you're perceived, right? So that's going to help you identify. There's usually some themes and patterns from that. And it's usually a very eye-opening exercise. Another exercise you can do is really conduct online assessments. So one of them I really enjoy doing is the Gallup Strengths Assessment. And it's going to help you identify your top five strengths. And it's going to give you the language of how to really describe your strengths. And so for me, I take it further where I'll ask people to, okay, well, once you identify your top five strengths... What does it mean to you? Like, what's that definition? And really think about the times when you demonstrated those strengths there. So that's the part one is helping you identify that strengths. Because if you're not sure of those strengths, it's really hard right. for you to then get into the mindset of believing like this right. is what you're really good at and how I'm going to promote right. myself effectively there. Right. So that's part one. What was the part two of the question, the first part? So I guess just one of my strengths is being able to communicate on an empathetic level. And a weakness of mine is just being organized in general. Sometimes I fall behind. But do I do anything with my weaknesses? I guess I should just steer the question towards that. Or do I just focus on my strengths? So great question. So I do believe that you always want to continue to leverage your strengths and capitalize your strengths. So that's the primary focus, right? There's been a lot of studies show that you want to either be at roles that you're really good at, do things that you're really good at. Now, the weakness of yours is important to be aware, aware of what are weaknesses. And it's going to help us think about, well, what can I do to either improve that or what can I do to leverage others who are really good with that so that it could also amplify whatever I'm trying to, to create there. So that's an important piece because um, let's just think of it from a job interview standpoint. Employers like to ask the question, what's your greatest weakness? <laughs> or what are you like, you know, not good at. So it's important to recognize that and to think about ways of how you may either mitigate the risk or improve on that there. But ultimately, you want to spend more time, I would say 80% of the time, doing what you're really good at there. Ah, okay. That makes sense. And I mean, we're talking about how to stand out as the top 2% of our industry here. So to me, it seems like it's so important to get clear on what you're good at and then find a way to communicate that value. Yeah, it's really important to be able to articulate your value. That's really key. Like one of the things I find Mm -hmm. what people struggle with is really articulating the value. And what I mean by that is there's a difference between saying I'm good at this or I have skills in this. And then the next level to take a step further is what differentiates me is this. So it's a combination of your strengths, skills, experience, and who you are, the qualities of you that differentiate Uh, you there, that will make you stand out. So it's what I call, it's the whole package that will give you that competitive edge. So as an example, I'm just thinking an example here is when I work with some clients as an example, like recently, someone who is, has a sales management, a background in leadership development, right? And one of the things that as we were talking further, what would give her competitive edge is that she has actually worked with clients globally. Not a lot lot of people necessarily have the global experience or may have experience, let's say, working with a particular clientele, let's say, senior leaders uh, there. So it's really picking up pieces that you may have that could come combination of that that's going to give you that competitive edge there. So for example, like in my case, having done recruiting and also a training background in coaching as well, 
One of my competitive edge is I'm able to take someone to help them get clear of who they are and what they want, but also get really tactical on how to position themselves for success, given I've done thousands of interviews. So it's like the combination of that that's going to really make you stand out there. I love that. And Diana, I think that gives a lot of hope for our career changers out there. They may be struggling right now with, you know, transitioning from, you know, an experience in teaching to something in healthcare or software development, something that's different. But what you're saying right now is my experience, you know, however diverse it might be, could be the one differentiating thing that makes me stand out because, heck, maybe I'm the one past teacher who's applying for this position who knows how to communicate with people and how to stay organized and how to deal with stress in a way that only a teacher could and things like that. So I really love the experience factor. And I think that just makes a lot of sense to me. It's like, this is my personal thing that only an experience that I've had before and only I can bring to the table. Yes. Yes. So what you're talking about here now is what I call asking the the soul what? right? It's like knowing that, let's say you may have a limited experience in this. You keep asking yourself, so what? How is that an advantage? How is that a competitive advantage? So I'll give you an example. I use this all the time is when I left recruiting at Google, I applied for a sales job with LinkedIn as a relationship manager in sales. It's a hardcore sales role, software sales, but I'm really good with relationship management. And one of the feedback I got from the recruiter at that time is one of the major pushback or perceived weakness was I don't have the traditional sales background, which is fair coming from recruitment, consulting, marketing. I don't have the hardcore sales compared to anyone else. So I had to think hard because the recruiter said to me, when you go meet with the managing director, how are you going to answer that question, right? Without the traditional sales background. So the way I proved myself or pushed back was I talked about how I really understood the product and how I really understood their target clients because I was the user as a recruiter selling solutions to, you know, recruitment. And I used the product day in, day out as a recruiter at Google. So I was able to build a business case, how I understand the needs of the clients and I understand your product. And then I also thought back about my experience and recruitment for a top MBA school, an executive MBA program, where I brought in one of the highest revenue uh, generate program there for them. And I was talking, was able to talk about how I, I worked with a lot of senior executives and generated over a million dollar revenue. So you see how I was able to spin my recruiting experience instead of saying I recruited a hundred people. I talked about how I brought in millions of dollars. And I think that's fantastic. I'm always telling people transferable skills and experiences are what to include on the resume. It's like, how do I convey this experience? And I think you did that so brilliantly in your example and addressed a reservation too that this person had. I think the important thing here though is it's okay to have this pushback, that it's okay to get this feedback that, hey, you don't have this. But don't let that hold you back that you don't have what it takes to make that pivot. You want to say something like, okay, well, in light of that, what can I do to make myself still more desirable and more remarkable? What can I convey in my positioning and messaging to eliminate that concern and give them that confidence that I can still be a great high performer candidate? Awesome. So you did a really great job for this entire episode so far and establishing the importance of personal brand and how to get clear on that. You even gave a great example of how you did that during an interview. So I want to delve into that a little bit more about how to actually communicate your brand with confidence. So what are some things that I should be doing as a job seeker to communicate my brand with confidence? 
Great question. In order to convey your brand with confidence, I would say number one is identify your value. You got to know what your value is, what you're good at, what you're known for. It's, it's really identifying that, identifying those proof points there. That's number one. Number two, to build up to this confidence is we ought to work on our mindset is to okay. really believe that you have what it takes, believe in your own value. So many times I work with clients who are like, okay, I know this is what I'm good at, but I have a hard time articulating it. And a big part is really believing first in yourself that, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. And so there's that the next piece there is that belief piece. The third piece is what I call conveying your value. So this is really the communication piece. It's really mastering your messages and your delivery so that you sound more polish and that you can also be persuasive as well. And the key to this, when I talk about mastering your delivery of your messaging, a few things to stand out, because this is what I've learned in interviews is that number one is you got to be very clear in your communication. Because if you're not clear with your communication, it won't resonate with your audience. Number two is you want to be able to connect with your interviewers and your audience as well. So that they can really okay. feel you. They can feel that emotion aspect as well. One of the things that I always hear is from hiring managers of why they reject someone is that they're missing that connection or that fire in them to feel where they really feel them there. So that's the emotional piece there. Number three is to really have this compelling examples and stories. This is the proof. This is what's going to really build the business case, right? You want to avoid the fluff and give really the facts. So you the have facts. to be able to really identify some, not only solid stories, but really solid, tangible accomplishments and results to showcase that you are a high performer with high potential talent. And this is why be able to collect data from the work that you've done is really going to be able to help you convey that. And so those are the, the key things to really mastering the messaging delivery here. I love that. And obviously using the, the interview and personal and networking too as the vehicles to convey that. But I want to unpack just two things that you brought out there because I think that all was just really brilliant. But number one, being able to establish some sort of emotional connection. You earlier called that, you know, building rapport and building a connection there. And then I want to talk about storytelling um, in an interview and like really selling the facts and what you've done before. But why, just for those who are skeptical about the importance of building rapport, why is this so important as a job seeker? Why do we need to really establish that connection and, and how can we do it? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, studies show it takes only seven seconds for one to form a first impression about you, right? The next thing they form is your ability to communicate effectively. So to me, your ability to really build that rapport instant really sets the stage and tone of the conversation. And so this is where a part of it's being you in terms of the authenticity has to come through, the enthusiasm and energy where they can really feel you as well, that you're excited to be here. By doing that, you're just going to essentially showing more warmth. One of the things I talk a lot about with my clients when we're practicing interviews is, are you showing warmth? Warmth yeah. meaning things, simple things like, are you smiling? Are you speaking with a good energy and a good tone? Can they really mm -hmm. feel you, their presence here, right? Versus feeling like nervous and uptight. It's going to make a huge difference. Like at the end of the day, right, they're going to really be assessing like, do I like you? Do I trust you? Do I want to work with you? At the beginning of the interviews, they are assessing your qualifications. Do you have this okay. skill? Do you have this experience? Have you worked on these kind of projects before? Have you solved these problems? Like that's the initial qualification piece. But as you move forward in the process of an interview, they are looking at the soft skills, things like, can I see myself working with you on a day-to-day -day basis? Would I want mm. to have a conversation with you? Would I want to hang out with you mm. after work? Like 
these are the things that they're asking, but even though they're not asking you. Yep. That makes sense. Even in the world of the podcast too, it's like, that's one thing that we look for, for our guests that we choose is like that warmth is like, are we able to vibe along? And clearly you made the cut here, but it's, it's just so darn important because I think it establishes that connection that's needed to be successful to, you know, to perform well. And so I think that's something that hasn't been mentioned enough and it's something that we need to continue to drive home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my simple ABC role to networking and relationship building is like my three ABCs is always be connecting, always be curious, and always be cultivating. As you never know who you'll meet or what kind of opportunities may come your way. So I'll give you another story, a great example. This was many years ago that at a wedding that I attended, one of my really good friend's wedding. And this MC who was the sister of the groom was a fantastic MC. She was a new grad, soon to be a new grad. And she had this like high five, like energy, getting the crowd like dancing and just high energy, (laughs) really just great communicator. And she just made a really great impression on me. You know, those people who just that charismatic type of presence and energy. And she really stood out. And I remember leaving that wedding, I said to my husband that I see a lot of potential in this person, even though I didn't really know this person that much, but I just felt this presence of this person. And so my husband suggested that, why don't you refer her for the new grad program at his company? And that's exactly what I did. I reached out to her. I'm like, hey, like I heard that you're graduating. Are you looking for a job? I would love to recommend you. And so long story short, she got hired at the end of the day. And I share this story because this is like the untraditional way of landing a job. Yep. Not a point no online. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> right? No one's really thinking about this, but she landed a job because of how she showed up of her best self at a wedding. It was the non-traditional way. And I just saw yeah. some potential in this person. I wanted to help, made that recommendation. And to this day, she's still at this company right now. And she's been like promoted throughout the company. So I wanted to share this story because I think this goes to show is how important it is to show up fully to showcase your best self, right? Because you just never know how opportunities may come your way out there just by really being truly who you are and being confident in how you show up. I love that story. It reminds me of the time that I used to drive for Uber back in the day and I ended up picking up a passenger and I did nothing but just have a really good conversation and just told them about my background and my just what I had done and what I was passionate about. And I just remember just receiving a card at the end of the drive and just being like, call me because, you know, if you ever need a job within my hotel, just let me know. And I was I didn't do anything. I didn't answer any questions about like what I was qualified at or my, you know, the technical skills. There was no formal interview questions, but that all comes from the likability that you're talking about, which, gosh, that's just such an important point. That is so, I love that example, right? It's really the Mm. likability, right? In this case, you don't necessarily showcase this whole credibility piece or visibility, but by being you, and I bet you were like just being kind and showcasing this presence of who you are, there was just this vibe and energy. They're like, okay, I like this person. I trust this person. You know, I want to help this person there. Yeah. So I'll ask you a question about stories and examples specifically for the interview, because I think that's a great way to stand out as the top 2%, as you mentioned earlier. And then I will wrap up with income, which is a hot topic that I know a lot of people are interested in. But going back to stories and examples, how do I really use this in interview or perhaps in an informal conversation to sell my personal brand? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Story. So a few things, first of all, is when we think of stories, we know that stories is what's going to really resonate. In an mm-hmm. interview setting, 
One of the things is that you really want to identify what I call like, what are these signature stories of yours, of your career that really demonstrate your core area of competencies and expertise, right? And this is where you want to identify like, what are your strengths? What are the things that the employer is really looking for so that you can be strategic and intentional in identifying those stories? One of the common pitfalls that people make with telling stories is they may go off tangent or may ramble too much in the story. So it's really, really important to think about the story, but also what is really the key message or key lesson here that you're trying to convey. Because at the end of the day, I'm thinking from a job interview setting, every question you answer, you are trying to qualify yourself. And so this is why going back to personal branding is when you know what your competitive edge is and what your unique value is, every story you're telling or every example that you're sharing, it is backing up the claim of your brand and your unique value proposition. You are building a case of what makes you stand out there. And so it's really important mm. to, to think about that. Like, is there relevancy there? Is this going to help me build a stronger candidacy, a stronger candidate at the end of the day? Makes total sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about money. I think that's a topic that a lot of people want. And I know that you help your clients to make more money, even helping some to double their salaries. I just love that. So how do I start by making more money, especially if I'm transitioning as a job seeker? Great question. So one of the things is that I feel like when I help my clients at the end of the day, like being able to make more money is great, you know, but a big part is really this whole transformation in you. Like the way I look at it is in order to increase this earning potential there, we really need to work on our mindset and confidence, right? If we don't believe okay. we have what it takes or if we don't believe that we are worth that amount of money, and if we don't believe that we have what these experiences skill set to offer, it's really hard to get to that. So to me, the number one thing is we have to work on our mindset of how do we see ourselves? Do you see yourself as a top talent candidate? Do you really believe that you have what it takes? That's the first piece. I once had a client who was very remarkable, getting tons of interviews, but not closing. When we were working on interview yeah. coaching, I asked him, what is your mindset going into the interview? He said to me, I'm just going to go in for them to find out what's wrong with me. That was his mindset going in of what's wrong with me. So he wasn't having this winning mindset of really believing he had what it takes. So as soon as we worked on this mindset of believing he had what it takes, like literally within like a session or two, he aced the interview. So I really believe that is the first step. The confidence and mindset piece is really going to really skyrocket this piece there. Okay. And just, just to tie that back, that circles back to what you were talking about at the beginning about getting clear on your experiences, your strength and all those things, correct? Yes. Yes. It's the clarity work first before putting yourself out there. I think that is so, so important. This is the foundation. Okay. It's the foundation. Okay. Yeah. Especially for those who are looking to pivot, especially if you're looking to pivot a different industry, looking to go, let's say from a, say a smaller company to a bigger company or to a big name company, you have to do this foundation work. To me, the preparation and the research is what's going to make you stand out. So I'll give you an example to really hone, uh, hit home this message here. I had a client last year. She went from nonprofit as a senior manager in education space, getting kids to get into STEM education. That was her job in nonprofit. And her goal was to work at a top tech company like Amazon. So big goal. And we knew it was going to be really hard to make this transition. And so we really had to work on first, it was also how she saw herself in terms of her yes. worth, her value, her mindset. Like that was a big part of that. Once you get over that, like this is what I do as a coach is helping you hone, like really pumping you up to really believe in yourself. Once we have that, the second piece is, okay, well, like, okay, well, 
what makes you unique and marketable? What's really going to differentiate you? Right? Identifying those unique selling points. I like to identify your top three unique selling points. That's really going to differentiate you. And from there, it's identifying those stories to back it up because that's going to build a stronger case, right? That's the part two piece around. And then it's really mastering your messages. So you see how everything's building up here is mastering these messages. And then from there, it's conveying your value and worth of what you believe you're worth there. And that's part of also doing the due diligence of your research of understanding what the salary range is in that industry. Okay. So as an example, this example of client going from nonprofit to like a company like Amazon, literally this client doubled her salary night and day. So when you think about it, and what was so fascinating about this example was she could have just took the first offer because it's already higher than before. Right. But we did our research, like we busted out some spreadsheets to even crunch numbers, <laughs> did our research as well to really understand, okay, what else can we ask for more to negotiate? Right? So that's part of knowing your worth and value and what the market rate is to ask for more. And she was able to get more five figures more from that. And so literally at the end of the day, it was doubling her income there. But the point I'm telling the story is that in order to get what we're talking about making more money, like there's so much work need to be done up front to lead to that end goal as well. Okay. I think if everyone was able to properly take that in and understand that, then they would have a much easier time. And it's, I'm not trying to sell this as it's really easy and it's like, oh, you could, no. you know, get that job interview or get that offer tomorrow. That's higher salary. This takes time and preparation and clarity and understanding like you're talking about. But I agree with you. I think once you have those things in order, then it becomes so much easier to increase our salary, which so many of us are really wanting to do right now. So that's wonderful. And do you have any other negotiation tips or strategies on how to end up asking for more and, and getting more? I feel like this is going to be a whole other episode that we can go here on it seller could negotiation. Be. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring me back on. <laughs> a few things, because I, I've been involved with a lot of seller negotiations type of situations with my clients, mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot as a recruiter. I would say number one is definitely you have to do your research of number one is, are you at the lower end of where you're at or on the higher end. It's really understanding that in terms of what is the market rate, what is the range there. That's a self-awareness is number one. And then thing number two is really understanding like how much more do you want to make? And number three is then what are you going to convey to the recruiter or the employer yeah. of what you want more of as well? So I always like to coach my clients that, you know, don't give like your minimal of like in terms of like the number that you're going to walk away from, like higher right? So that there's going to be more room for negotiation at the end of the day. And, and giving a range is going to help with negotiation as well. Ultimately, from my experience, it's never easy. From what I see with a lot of my clients I deal with, it, it feels awkward and key to ask for more. Yeah, we're not used to we're it. We're not used to it, right? So to me, start practicing asking for more in your day-to-day -day situations, not necessarily salary, but demanding, asking for yourself in terms of demanding for more, asking for things so, so it builds your confidence as well. Fabulous. Well, Diana YK Chan, everybody. Diana, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I think you also were a really good example during this episode on just the perfect example of all the things that you were telling and selling job seekers right now, which is personal brand matters. I mean, people can hop on over to your website right now and see how well you're able to market yourself and how you help to market your clients. So I think your case in point is just a great example of how to do it and a good example for job seekers. And I also think just how many stories you brought to the table, how many good stories to illustrate the points that we wanted to, to get across here in this episode, I think was great too. So there's some beautiful irony there. And I think you just being a great example of what messages we're trying to teach. 
So thank you so much for everything. I'll ask you what your final words of our advice in a second here, but how can people get in touch with you and where are you nowadays? Absolutely. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please do follow me on LinkedIn. Look at me up at Diana YKTN, or you can also subscribe to my mailing list on my website at mymarketability.com. And if you want more behind the scenes, you can also follow me on my Instagram at Diana YKTN. And if you want more free resources on any long form trainings, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Diana YKTN. Wonderful. Make sure to include those links within the description of this podcast episode. And so I will wrap it up and sell it with. The final question here, which is if you could tattoo one statement for every career warrior applying for a job right now, what would that statement be? One of my favorite saying is to own your greatness with confidence to shine and thrive, right? This goes back to owning your own value, owning your own uniqueness, owning your style. That's what's really going to make you stand out as that top 2% in the market. So go own your greatness and take massive action. Ah, I love it. You know what? Maybe these days when I'll actually go and get a tattoo, um, I think own your greatness is actually awesome. Maybe I'll actually do that one. That's actually really convincing. So <laughs> it's a great one. I had it for my on my wall for many years. <laughs> that's fabulous. That's awesome. Well, Diana, thank you so much. You were fabulous. And thank you so much for coming to the Career Warrior Podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, listeners, this wraps up episode 256 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Really enjoyed this one, particularly because I love talking about personal brand. I know how important it is, and it's something that you have to get down as a job seeker. If you're trying to get the best jobs out there, and if you're trying to be happy and fulfilled, you have to get your personal brand down. And I think Diana YK Chan did a great job in really illustrating why this is important and how to really start to think about these things so you can stand out among the top 2% of your industry. So if you found this episode to be useful, make sure to listen again, because we always find repetition to be a really great way in driving messages home and internalizing them, and of course, sharing with others. So you can copy this episode and post it on LinkedIn, and make sure to tag both Diana and myself on your post, because I would love to read what resonated with you, and it makes a really big difference. All right, listeners, this wraps up today's episode. Can't wait to see you next Monday. Go out. Be Warriors. The Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.